Coach Brian Grout started his high school football career in Puyallup. He fell in love with Puyallup football so hard that he claimed that he would one day return to be the head football coach. Those dreams were largely dismissed as dreams of an uninformed teenager until he came on staff as an assistant coach in 2017. In 2021, he replaced his longtime head football coach, Gary Jeffers, and today he talks to us about his journey and the lessons that he learned along the way. Let's get after it. We have a professional obligation for the ethical application of, uh, of force. You can have a growth mindset where you're always achieving for better. This is about us, about our guard, our reputation. We are all in this together. Outthink, outmaneuver, and outfight the enemy. If you wage war, do it energetically and with severity. This is the only way to make it shorter and consequently less inhumane. All right, thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Raven Report. Uh, with our, uh, we're still in the, in the month of August, and so we're we're going to push through with um, our local coaches today. We got uh, Coach Brian Grout from Puyallup. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Well, hey, why don't you uh, just give us a little bit, kind of a background on you? Like, what, like, how did you? What was your path to becoming a coach uh, at? And then we kind of talk about Puyallup a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, my path. I, I think when I talk about this, I go chronologically. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I start when I was a teenager. I, I grew up um, teaching my like or coaching my younger sister's um, sports teams. And I, I really enjoyed coaching and um, just kind of went through teaching as I was in. I investigated, I guess, teaching when I was in high school and starting out college and I really liked it. And so um, I majored in uh, health and PE at Central Washington University and I minored in coaching and uh, got a job teaching PE right out of um, college at Wildwood Elementary in Federal Way and started coaching football and, and all uh, a lot of other sports too. I, I really believe in um, coaching and playing a lot of sports. So I started coaching in um, a lot of sports shortly after that, including football. Oh, wow. All right. So um, like a, this has come up on the podcast before that there's a book uh, out called Range by a guy named Epstein. Have you ever heard that? I've not. So yeah, the the whole idea of the uh, the book is that like um, you make really good specialists by by having people or giving people a, a prolonged what do you call it, a sampling period? They try a bunch of different things, and that helps develop them. So that way, uh, they, they kind of know what they're good at. They they build a certain I guess self awareness and and a kind of a skill set, and they bring to bear. Has that been like your experience with coaching? Is that like people that play multiple sports generally are, are really good at like one sport and they seem to help each other? Yeah, I just think that especially when it comes to kids playing multiple sports. I mean, this is some Brandon, you're you're leading this off as something I'm passionate about, man. Um, I I just think first of all, I just think it's really healthy, right? Exposing young teenagers to a variety of activities is really good for them. Um, and then I think it pushes them competitively um, and and it lets them push themselves competitively in a lot of different areas. And you were kind of bringing it up, right? It, it lets them um, find out in different competitive arenas what their strengths and their weaknesses are. Um, and it also pushes those, those strengths and those weaknesses um, in each of those competitive areas. So yeah, um, I love multi-sport. I was a multi-sport athlete as a kid. Um, I, you know, I played football and baseball all the way through high school. I played basketball in, in high school a little bit too, but cut that a little bit short um, for the whole experience. Um, and yeah, just just in, in terms of coaching as well, I really believed it. It made me a better coach to coach other sports, um, to to coach other types of kids. Cause you know, when you when you coach other sports, you you also get um different a variety of different kids too, right? That um coaching a, a a baseball athlete is a lot different than coaching a football athlete um and and coaching a track and field athlete is a lot different than coaching a, a team sport athlete so um it, it's just yeah I, I think it just makes you a better teacher and coach in a variety of ways yeah that makes sense that, that, that kind of resonates with me because like so i'm a, a chaplain and i'll say that like um I've, I've been a chaplain for an aviation unit before i've been a chaplain for an infantry unit for a long time uh, and i've worked a lot with um field artillery, military intelligence, and all of those different jobs, they attract different types of people. And because of that, they form their own different types of cultures. So working inside those spheres requires a very different kind of modus operandi to, to, to really kind of like get through to them. And there's, there's similarities, 
um, between all of them. But at the same time, like they, they're, you have to tailor to those personality types as well. And I would imagine it's probably very similar to coaching. A hundred percent. I mean, you're, and then you're talking about coaching football right there. I mean, you know, um, one of the things about coaching football is all the, the variety, especially in high school. And, and, you know, I've never coached in college or the NFL, um, but you just get the variety of personalities um, from, from just your position groups and then not, not just in your position groups, but, but then you have different personalities within that position group, um, you know, and, and much like the military, I'm sure um, coaches and position coaches and coordinators are in charge of being able to reach and teach and connect with all of those, those personalities and all those learning styles and um, all, all, all the ways that those kids um, learn and work best. Um, and then, you know, as, as the head coach or, or your coordinators, um, and then it really boils down to the head coach, they're in charge of setting the, the vision and the culture of, of that group and those coaches, um, you know, moving forward throughout your, your season and your journey, really. Um, we run a comprehensive, um, you know, 12 month out of the year program. So it really just sets the culture and the vision for, for our daily work and what, what we, what we show up to do every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so being exposed to like coaching different, I, I can only imagine that like coaching something like cross country and then coaching like football is like so like wildly different. You know, just these these different sports. You that you've caught, coached in a lot of different types of of sports. What are some of the the similarities across all of them? Like what like what what's the the common thread that is is stands out to you? Well, I think coming from my world is that first of all, kids are going to be kids. Um, you know. Uh, there, there are things that, um, you can't, uh, fully grasp and you can't handle as an adult in a kid's life. Um, and that, that goes from anywhere to their security, to where they come from, how they show up to school or practice every day, um, to their mental makeup. Um, so I think that's the first thing that I learned is, is to try to set your baseline of, of, uh, with your coaching staff and myself of letting your kids be kids and giving them the, the, the space to show up and figure figure out life every day. Um, and then, you know, I guess one of the biggest common threads that I think about when you ask that question is really like, um, I think it, it, it comes to the kids that are really passionate, the ones that are really motivated, um, the ones that really push themselves, um, all have this sense of humility and drive um, and competitiveness and, and to them and and it's unique you know um, a lot of people have to to drive and find their passion and their competitive competitiveness they have to find it in a unique way and how that uncovers themselves and sometimes that's not always through football right sometimes um, football is a part of that process um, <laughs> right. and, and finding that they're really passionate about something else and, and that's awesome too right as a as a person and as an adult that wants the young kids to be well um that's awesome to see as well right no that, that um that speaks to my heart man because like i'll tell you uh whenever i was like in eighth grade i did my very short eighth grade uh, uh you know exploration into basketball and at the end of the season the coach was like hey um you're really not that good at this and you, you don't seem to like you really enjoy it and like i don't think i thought that deeply into it but like i was like man, he's right. I really suck at this. And I really don't enjoy it. <laughs> and so he, he goes, you're more than welcome to come back next year, but uh, you don't have to. And I was like, right. okay, that was into that. <laughs> and so I still am not a very good basketball player and not, not have no motivation to, to do that. But that kind of gets at a, a really interesting point, um, especially bringing up the humility, because I've talked to a couple of coaches at this point and like uh, that always seems to come out that there's like this, uh, this human element um that you that like it's almost like coaching is almost like this like veneer like we all get like super focused on like the tactical side of coaching like you know you should you know juke when you when you jive but once you kind of like peel, peel that, that top layer off there's a lot of this stuff where you're you're really trying to develop humans um yeah. right <laughs> no. oh 100 percent. i mean you're hitting it out of the park right now I, I, you know, the, uh, there's just some, I believe that the better the human, the better the football player. I mean, if you have a, a, a and that doesn't mean if you're not disciplined, you can't learn, um, you can't practice, right? That's what, that's what this is all about. That's what 
the program that um, I run or the structures that we're involved in are all about, right? Is trying to get kids into it and making them better humans and seeing things. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, just the the more disciplined of a human, the more focused, the more mentally tough, um, the more determined, the more passionate um, human being, um, the better football players are going to be. That, that means they're going to be a disciplined football player. That means they're going to be a tough football player that means um they're going to play the game with energy and enthusiasm and passion um which in football a lot like um the military or other things that take camaraderie when you start doing those things those spread i mean those spread like wildfire that that are just um you know in in our institutions that'll spread amongst your team and and the cool thing with football and, and school um you know tackle football in america is that it spreads throughout the school, you know, a, a really incredible football season can really set the tone for your entire school year um, right. and really, really make it a positive experience for the whole community, um, not just your football program. Yeah, that's pretty cool to see. Like, um, it really kind of speaks to the, like, the leadership that some of those football players can have inside of a, a student body if if they are able to to be that discipline, be that 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 uh, kind of like confident person that shows up and, and really, you know, just be kind of like the virus that infects everybody else and, and builds the whole school up, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, it definitely takes some special personalities. It's And, and definitely in my journey of coaching, I've, I've come across some special kids that have um, really been able to spread that to, to other kids. Right. What makes them different than than somebody who who doesn't? Like what, what like what makes them special? Um, man, that's a really good question. You know, and 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 I think a lot of in football, it's like a lot of the it factors, right? They they get it. They they um they connect with their teammates. They are self reflective. They're honest with themselves. Um, they take coaching and feedback really really well but it's not personal right they use it um they use coaching and feedback as like a tool to self-improvement instead of like um anyone trying to break them down is what makes those individuals really special um you know and and it's really funny because in this line of work you come across some of those individuals that are not very talented as well right you 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 come across some individuals that are are um really smart kids really good kids and maybe they're not the best high school tackle football players um but they're really important to your community or your or, or to your building um so and that's what's kind of cool about being in this position right is you get to see some of the kids that are asb presidents that have 4.0s that are just kind of okay football players um but you know, they're able to grab the attention of their peers. Um, they've known their friends for four or five years, right? They've represented their groups of friends. They know their group of friends really well and know how to use their voice and know which ones not to listen to, right? Because that's right. that that's important too sometimes is um, which, which wheels squeak and you should listen to and which ones always just squeak. Um, you don't need to pay attention to that noise. So yeah, we, we, and, and, and then as coaches, right, as the adults, it's important to know and identify the kids that you want to be the models. Um, and, and then the kids that, you know, have the heartbeat of, of the team um, at the tips of their fingers. Um, and, and hopefully those things, obviously sometimes it really, really becomes really special when those kids are your most talented players, right. When they're, right. when they're, when they're not just the 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 4.0 student or, or the 3.8 um and they're not just the a really nice kid and they're ultra competitive and they're super present engaged and they're really good at the sport right then then that just makes um everything really special that's pretty awesome yeah so like uh it seems like, like you need like a, a diversity on a team for it to, to be really good what do you? How do you manage a, a guy who um, is really good? Because we have soldiers like that, that that are really good people and stuff. But when it comes to their job, they're just like, man, like like they're trying hard and and, and they're coachable, but like maybe they're just not the best at it. They just don't have whatever the, the thing is. Um, what? How do y'all manage that? Like, how, where do you put them on the team so that way you you are able to uh, to harness the goodness that they have while not you know put them in a, in, a, in a critical position that causes the whole team to fall apart whenever, you know, uh, the play kicks off. Sure. Uh, um, I think it's really important just to have, be able to have, first of all, a relationship, right? Pete Carroll um, in, in his book talked about 
how um, he, when he was at USC, he would create relationships with the kids that he knew he, that wouldn't play. And I'm not saying I, I do that, but there is an element there. You're, you're naturally going to get to know your stars, right? You're in, um, but there is an element to being able to try to find a connection with kids that um, maybe are your heartbeat or are good leaders, um, but they're not the best football players or, um, you know, they might get out competed someday. So I think it just starts with having a relationship, right? Um, and then I, I think, you know, I've been doing this long enough and I feel like I, I, I know how to convey to teenagers that I, I genuinely just care about them, right? I just... I want them to be happy. I want I want them to do what makes them feel good um, and and carry on in life with happiness, right? And hopefully football's a, a part of that and, and hopefully it's a big part of it, right? Um so yeah, I, I just think that that connecting with them first and then having that real conversation with them if there's conflict, right? If there's um conflict within their role, um a lot of, and, and I'm sure you get this with soldiers too. Sometimes kids know where they land, right? And they, right. they they're like, okay, you know, I'm a good kid, but maybe maybe I'm not the best at the job. And Johnny does the job a little bit better. And man, Johnny gets his butt kicked for a couple hours a day and on Friday night for a few hours. And that man, I don't know, but but I do feel important, right? And because I know the head coach, and I feel like the other adults and the other coaches care for me too. Um, so I think it just starts with the connection and then having the direct communication. Um, if if it seems as if the the roles and expectations are different between like the players and the coaches, um, you know, and and but but if I could be honest in my experience, um, usually the players and the coaches are not too far off. Uh, <laughs> And my experience knows their role, yeah. where they where they land. They they do they do. To be honest, usually it's the parents. It's the third party. They want to buzz <laughs> in and have say and and oversight. So um, yeah, that, that's sometimes a small small or a big part of this role that see would seem small. Right, right. Well, so earlier you talked about um, setting a, a vision for your team, and like I think especially in the army, we do really well with like coaching type leadership where, where we sit, sit down and say like, Hey, look, you know, uh, I want to put my guys first. I want to build them up. I want to make them better and stuff. But as you kind of progress, um, the, like, I guess like the training wheels start to come off and like you have more and more latitude to kind of like steer where your squad, where your company, where whoever is, is going and vision's a big part of that, but I don't think we really talk about it that much. So, like, can you like kind of give us an overview? Like, what does setting like a personal vision mean to you? What it, what does it mean to like set a vision for a group of people or, or even a whole school? And what does that look like? Well, I think uh, let me answer the personal vision, and then will you come remind me about yeah, football sure. and your your kind of set follow up questions? Right, right, right. I just think when it comes to personal vision, I got into this job because I really care for the kids. I think, um, I you know, I, I said already, I just want them to to move on from the school that I teach at and my classroom and my football program, like with a positive experience and um, feeling like the adults, adults or adults cared. Um right. And, and so I, I just think to kind of pull off that personal vision to keep that priority straight, um, I always just keep that in mind, right, that I am there and that we, you know, now moving it into my organization and, and Piala football, we are there to, to have the kids be positively impacted and, and keep them happy and have them moving along. Um, so that, that kind of comes from, from my personal vision. Um, certainly sometimes that that gets checked with my values right um sometimes right. Pe people um ask me questions about my priorities and, and my values and i have to do some soul searching and, and um dig deep about what i'm gonna do if i you know a lot of people in in our job um sometimes don't do what's best for kids and they just do what's easiest and um right. i also try not to do that um i, I want to do do what I believe is best for kids. So I, I think it at the core, um, 
when you come across myself or when it comes to the educator and the teacher, I just want to do what's best for kids. Um, and then, and then within that, right. So now we're just going to squeeze the ring in and then do what's best for Puyallup football. Right. Um, right. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. So ask your, uh, will you go back to your Yeah. Second? So, well, it's kind of build on that. So like you have your own personal vision, you know, you know what Brian Grout, uh, you know, wants to, to accomplish and you kind of know what that, that looks like when you, when you, or I guess safe and secure in, on that footing and you're looking at Puyallup football and you're saying like, okay, now, like, how do you bring that to bear and, and do the same thing for an organization and kind of steer it in a, in a direction to meet that vision? Yeah, I think you just, uh, uh, so our, our vision Puyallup football is, is a high level competition. Um, we play in one of the toughest, you know, toughest leagues in the state. Um, every, every, all nine weeks that we have a scheduled game, it, it's going to be a, a street fight, slobber knocker, um, high level high school football game. Um, and we expect that. So we, we vision wise, we want to be highly competitive and then we want to develop high level characters too. Um, and so in order to do that, right, it takes some, some vision and some standard setting with the coaches, um, what practice looks like. Um, I think sometimes, uh, even with my coaching staff, like the PE teacher takes over in me and I'm like, Hey, I need like higher level, higher activity drills. Like uh, the kids are standing too much. Um, so, you, you know, and, and, but they, that goes back to, to direct communication and vision and what I believe in what's best for the kids. And that's to get them moving and active in their own learning and not standing around watching to some 40 year old guy talk. Um, because right, right. Uh, you know the, we talk about this as staff they go to school and do that for seven hours a day anyways they don't they don't want to stand around and listen to you guys talk yeah it's the type of person that that uh joins the football team in high school it's about there to just you know sit and be lectured to for sure so, right yeah the, the, it goes back to what you're saying but know it knowing your people yeah right you got it yeah. and, and and that so, so right so all those kind of principles guide the structure and then to, you know, just be highly competitive. Um, you know, we have to have high level practices, practices that are on the move, um, practices that are making kids think, um, practices that are going to push kids physically and competitively. Um, and then we have to coach them with high level character, um, expect um, discipline out of them, um, teach them discipline, right? Um, here are the consequences for for bad choices. Um, Piala football, you know, that we have three core covenants, one of them is discipline, and one of them is accountability, and one of them is sportsmanship. So really kind of centering our coaches on on um, whenever we go through adversity, recentering us on one of those three pillars, because I guarantee all of those pillars are probably present in that life lesson of whatever we're going through. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I actually kind of my, my next question for you, you kind of almost already answered it because um, you brought up adversity. And so, like, you know, if you're like your personal goal is that uh, the kids are happy, the kids are developing and, and doing that. And then you're in a high level of you know competition inside y'all's league. There's going to be friction there because like if you're in a high level competition it means that you're going to lose. All right. You know, it's just like it's a part of the part of the game. That means losing doesn't necessarily make you happy. So how do you, how do you balance that? And like, how do you leverage that for, to build the kids? Well, we, it, you just leverage that to, to make it about learning and about teaching. Um, and really kind of comes down to that third pillar. I was talking about being a good sport and both winning and losing. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've, I've had many conversations just within the last few weeks with our kids. Um, about how when you win, things aren't as great as it feels they are. And when you lose, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, you know, and and but those those are lessons that we have to talk about and we have to teach the the teenagers, right? They don't the the 16-year-old kid in our football program doesn't always just have that life lesson. So it is up to the coaches to recenter around those core covenants, recenter around the the vision of the program. Um, to make sure we're coming back and checking in and teaching those and not just glazing over to to move on. Um, you know, co- relationships and connection um, and trust is going to go a lot further than content and strategy. Um, right. In my opinion. No, I think that's a, 
there's a lot to that. And the best military leaders I've ever seen, they they leverage that. Like you'll see some guys that will come in and, and they're, they're, it's all about doctrine. It's all about organization. Everything's by the numbers and stuff like that. And in my experience, those guys are far less effective. They look good on paper because they're doing all the right things and everything looks like it's all dressed right and dressed. The guys that are more about let me invest in people and let me just like kind of like leverage those relationships, they can get a lot more things done that seem almost like it would be impossible, you know, because they could just get, go up to somebody like, hey, can you do X, Y, or Z or whatever? And they'll, they'll do it just because they asked, you know, that, that dude asked them to. And uh, that those uh, personal relationships really seem to be powerful, just like you're saying on the football field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm a big structure guy. I'm a big systems guy. I, I believe in 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 having those in, in high school football and your high school football program. And and I believe the ones that we have in place um, and, and some of our incentive programs um, and some of our scheme and strategy. Certainly, I I, I believe in all those things. Um, but the the more connected you are, the more um, better your relationships are. The more that they're going to believe, and they meaning your your staff and your athletes are going to believe in those structures and those systems so um right right yeah, yeah it's just got, it just goes back to the whole like uh uh no one cares what you know until they know how much you care kind of thing right right i mean the the empowering of teenagers and making them confident is um incredibly important and really powerful um and you know i've done this job and and i've just been around teenagers for a long time now and um you know the ones that even even the falsely confident ones um sometimes weather the storm a little bit better um than the ones that just have no confidence at all um and and and, so, and sometimes that false confidence is is because they've had some ups and downs in their life and they're they're a little less afraid to be vulnerable um, a lot of the teenagers are just afraid to to be vulnerable and see what happens. Um, right. You know, I think us, I mean, adults are too, right? Um, yeah, oh yeah. And uh, as a football coach, it's not easy to have your your hours and weeks worth of work in a performance for thousands of people to come pay and see. Um, that's not always the best, but um, I'm willing to take that vulnerable chance every Friday because I believe in what what I do and what we do. Right, right. Yeah, so you talk about like a confidence, false confidence, vulnerability. Um, what's the difference like you've seen in uh, teenagers who are truly confident versus the ones that, that are exhibiting a false confidence? Like, how can you tell them apart? Um, that's a really good question, and and I think it takes a little bit of it factor too. But it, it's like their demeanor and their posturing, um, and it's almost with like. Teenage and, and I'm mainly dealing with boys, right? I'm not dealing with a lot of, I mean, I, I teach teenage girls in class, um, but I'm not dealing with teenage girls at a highly competitive level like I am with teenage boys, right? right? right, right. Um, and and with boys, it, 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 yeah, it becomes like a nervousness or an anxiety um, that you can, you can see um, festering um, in them if there's a lack of confidence. Um, and, and as a coach, how, how we coach it up is, is, is pointing it out, right? We're not, um, we can't just brush that over that it seems like you, you were lacking confident in what your job was or your ability. Um, and uh, you're going to have to be vulnerable and push yourself in order to, to continue to hold your position, or we're going to find someone that, that is going to be vulnerable and will, will do the job um as described with confidence right it seems like you're you're working on a lot of like emotional intelligence uh to it it's just like you know being self-reflective and knowing kind of where you're at being comfortable with that and then so from from there you have a baseline and then you kind of start to like work on on yourself is it right yeah yeah i mean it and i think it just kind of comes back to what we started with right i believe in teaching and, and empowering the kids at a human level, right? At a, right. At a, at a really like basic, like, hey, let, let's make you secure. 
you know, Puyallup football is a place you can come to and you know what to expect. You can expect the adults to care. They're going to coach you hard, right? That doesn't mean that you're going to show up to Puyallup football and it's it's rainbows and roses <laughs> and and every you know everything smells great and looks awesome all the time because that that's not the case. Um, but you are going to get some like genuine um, love and and um, true accountability and, and structure to your life. Um, that that I, I think some teenagers appreciate now um and and some don't appreciate until they get older um right. you know and and it's funny now dealing with high schoolers because i've taught junior i've taught elementary and junior high too um high schoolers you're like on the cusp of a lot of them like figuring it out a lot of them come back in two years and they're like oh my god you were so right you know a year and a half right they're 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 18 months graduated from high school and they're like oh my god coach you were right you know you're you told us all this stuff and and uh, how hard life was and you know this and that and and you were right right when you do teenage or when you do the younger teenagers you do the junior high they're still like four or five year you know some of them are just a few years the mature ones you know the 14 year old mature ones still like a few years away from like being a, a confident adult that you could have a conversation with. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the switch that I've noticed that, that you were asking about that. Yeah, like uh, it sounds like a, a lot of like what I do, like with uh, with counseling soldiers, especially if like we're deployed or something, and I, have, I have them for a long period of time because a lot of times it's just like kind of a weekend thing and you're checking in month to month. But a lot of these guys that would that would come back to me like week in, week out, it's a lot of the same type of things. And you'd see these like you'd have these kind of hard conversations where it's like, look, this is dumb. Why are you doing this? Or like, hey, look, you, you could do better here or whatever. And uh, you learn how to how to have those types of conversations. But then the cool part is, is that once you got to get through that, that awkwardness and that you're trying to navigate that, the aha moments are super cool. You just you see somebody just like kick their the, the light just kicks on and all of a sudden they, they, they start to just kind of like go on their own path they don't need you anymore uh, it's it's super neat to do I, I can only imagine it's probably very similar coaching yeah it is right when when kids start intervening on their own choices when they start when they start seeing it themselves right when in the aha moments right yeah. and in 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 with teenagers like it's it's usually not the the lights just come on right it's usually a dial and it starts turning up a little bit <laughs> right <laughs> um but you can start seeing that dial turning up in some of them and, and in football it's awesome to see because you capture it for a few months and, and some of them go from like a a, a low dim to a, a bright light um in just a period of a few months and then like i you know alluded to earlier then that confidence can carry through a whole school year and and maybe a whole high school um you know career or uh, or career after high school yeah, um that's pretty cool. that's how, yeah so how hopefully it parlays itself right <laughs> right uh, right that's the goal that's the vision of the program when i when when administrators interview me that's what i tell them you know that that they're gonna come out and be better um young adults yeah. being through it than if they just skipped it so right no that makes sense you you uh you kind of uh Eat in on something that like uh, gets me excited uh, earlier um, when you're talking about like you have these like defeats and that they're not really the end of the world. And then you have these victories. But the, the the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that like those aren't necessarily that's just like what you did on Tuesday. Like Wednesday's still coming, you know. Right. And yeah, I uh, I kept a uh, uh, Rudyard Kipling's if you know poem on, on my wall. Uh, for for years and I would I, frequently in counseling sessions like kind of uh, refer to that and there's a line in there where he says that like a uh, if you can like uh, meet a uh, victory and defeat and treat both imposters just the same it's the same thing and I was thought that was a beautiful way to kind of put that tenant and uh, the more I kind of just get to to be a part of people's lives and like hear about them the more I there's just tenets of that, that poem that really just kind of resonate true, which gets me to wonder is that like you're, you know, going through, like, I would imagine there's probably like these horrific defeats in the mind of a, a of a high school uh, football player that like they screwed something up or whatever else. And they have to like, you know, like deal with that. And uh, you're getting to just kind of, you know, stand beside them and, and kind of walk through that. It makes me wonder like, what are, what's some of like your biggest defeats and your biggest victories and what, what did that look like for you? Um, well, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, do you want specific stories or? Sure, or yeah. Um, man, Take it however you want, man. Yeah, uh, I guess probably one of my biggest uh, life victories is, um, I guess, becoming the head coach at Puyallup High School. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just something I, when I was a teenager, I, I actually said that I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I was like, oh, really? seven, yeah, I was like 17 years old. I was playing high school football and, um, you know, I'd kind of known at that point, and I had told you before, I'd dabbled my feet in coaching and, and thought teaching wasn't too bad. And so yeah, I told a group of my friends that, um, you know, I'd be the head coach at Puyallup someday. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of just taken the the sequential steps to do that, right? I had minored in coaching and I went and got a lot of experience. Um, and and certainly I just feel fortunate and lucky to to come into it um, how I did because they, they interviewed um, some really great candidates. Um, but yeah, I, for me, it was just... Uh, yeah, the summation of, of a lot of like my life's um, major life goal that that I wanted to accomplish that I had set set forth 20 years ago, um, 20 plus years ago, um, that, that took a lot of hard work, right? And, and that's one thing that I try to tell the kids, um, in order to have confidence about what you did, you have to recognize that it was hard. <laughs> um, right, you know, you right. got to You got to have like the authentic accountability that what you did was difficult um and and you know that festers out in football um that was a lot of hard work you know it was it was a high school diploma it was a college diploma it was um you know career decisions um to try to get to that point right and and sometimes it might, might not have been the best career decisions um and that i had to learn from um yeah. to, to get I there imagine, so i imagine it's a lot there's a lot of like i mean like school is like you know, it, it's linear. It's like, I go to school, I do this thing or whatever else. But then once you get career decision time and you're trying to go something very specific, um, it's, it's a chess match, man. Like, and like, and, you, and it's a chess match where the pieces don't always play the way that they're supposed to, you know, play, <laughs> you know, they don't come to randomness. Well, right. And, you know, when you start talking about adults, um, I mean, kids too, honestly, but adults, there's a lot of other things to play. You know, when, when I first started, um coaching and teaching I was single um I'm married I was didn't have any kids I now have two kids right and and uh, my kids are starting to grow up we're like we're starting to really enjoy life experiences together too um you know my son's playing baseball and doing like baseball tournaments and and uh I'm really enjoying those those stages of life as well so um yeah it it uh kind of setting up the pieces right is is the best you can because you can't control them all but like to right. maybe get them in a position of check if this if this if this one goes this way <laughs> right. one goes this way then then we could be in check here right um but if they don't then then right. we got a long then we got a long ways to go so um it was just and in 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 terms of that victory um i felt like it was well timed you know um I think I, I'm pretty young to be a, a head coach at a big high school in the state of Washington. Um, I'm 38 and I'll be going into my third year. Um, uh, m- most of the coaches are a little bit older than I am. Some of them are my age and a few are a little younger, but most of them are older than I am. Um, but yeah, it just, it just felt like it all came together at about the right time. Yeah. It seems like, um, that like knowing kind of like your we had a battalion commander who's real big on, on like a, he would he would call you in, into your into his office and be like what's your purpose and then he didn't mean like what's your purpose in the organization but what is your purpose in life you know and uh it was very fascinating uh to be his chaplain and watching him ask these questions completely throwing people for a loop and then they would end up in my office with some kind of like now they're on this like you know existential quest to try to figure out what their purpose is yeah you know? So I think it's it's really cool that um, that you had that figured out early on to know that that's what I want to do. That, that's who I want to be. Yeah, I, and and I dabbled in some other things, right? And and um, and and had some different thoughts and thought I might go a few different routes. But yeah, it, it was really centered on that from from I would say the mid to late teenage years of my life. Um, I I was really geared up and and moving that direction. Right. So like, um, you know, now that you're, you're kind of there, um, and, and your, your life's gotten a lot more complex that you're, you're married and you've got kids and stuff. How do you, how do you balance? Cause I can only imagine being the, the head co- coach of Puyall, you know, football as being extremely demanding because I mean, it's a demanding team 
in general in demanding environment. So like, let's go, you know, just ask a lot for you. How do you manage, um, you know, like prioritizing like your, your marriage and then prioritizing your life, you know, with your kids and stuff like, what does that look like for you? Well, it's, it's, it's hard, right. And it, it takes a lot of work. Um, I think probably the first most important thing to say is like, my wife's really supportive, right. Um, we have, and 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 I you know I wish upon this upon everyone right because I want people to be happy. Um, my wife and I have really supported each other in our lives for our dreams and and for our careers. Um, she runs her own business. I'm sitting in her office. Those are all her good stuff <laughs> behind me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I when I was a young teacher and a young coach, and we were we we didn't have kids. Um, I was super supportive of of her and her and, and her career choices and and she has been of me right and and my victories have been her victories you know um right so i i think it starts there um you know piala but yeah f- football to me is a lifestyle um it, it's a it is very demanding it's it's a lot of hard work um you know um summer football is going on and and my wife and right after m- Kind of how it works. I don't know if you know the timing works, but Memorial Day happens. You can practice and and play a bunch through um, the end of May, June, and July, and then you have to take a couple weeks off before end season football starts in in August, and that runs all the way to the state championship in December. And uh, one of the mornings, my wife was like, "Well, I guess I'll see you in December." <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, but but um, you know she she's supportive in, in, in my, my dreams. Right. And, and, um, you know, being that coach was, was a dream, but I have, I have goals within that dream, right. I have dreams within the dream and, and, uh, you know, right. and certainly a lot of that's being highly competitive. I want to make, I want to build Pialp into a, into a dynasty. Um, I think Pialp deserves that. Um, I love Pialp and Pialp football. Um, and I want, I want to provide that for our, our community, um, because I think it's a pretty special place. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's kind of interesting that that um, you answered it that way because like the he, he was the first one I interviewed for the podcast. He wasn't the first guest. I think he was like the second. Um, was the the senior enlisted advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So it was like the highest enlisted guy in the military period. Uh, so yeah, his name is John Wayne Troxel. Lives in Lake Lakewood. Uh, in, interesting guy. Uh, and that's his real name, just John Wayne <laughs> Troxley. He was my sergeant major whenever I was like a, a, a wee little private a long time ago. Um, but like I asked him the same thing. I was, I was like, you know, because he got married early, early on. Like he was like a, a, a E4 in 82nd Mar- or uh, at, at Fort Hood. Marries this, this girl. He meet, meets off post and they've been married. They're still married to this day. And um, and he went through Panama, like all the things, all the, the G1. So I, I was like, how? Like in a in a business where like the divorce rates like 70 80 percent you know like how'd you how'd you do that and he basically said the exact same thing he didn't say quite like he was like he was like you know make sure that y'all are all involved but he basically it's like there's a lot of give and take even though um like his job was super demanding she was super on board with that very early on and was just like hey look your success is my success it was a team effort from you know from the get-go it sounds very similar to kind of what you guys have got going yeah, yeah, and and um, it's funny you bring that up. My my wife comes from a military family. Um, her dad was yeah thirty some years. He, he was an E nine. Um, what is that? Uh, first sergeant major. Sergeant major. Yeah, sergeant I major. Think. First oh, class. I'm I mean, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. he uh, he did sergeant major school at Fort Hood. I mean, he's he, he's um, been a lot of you know had a lot of military career and, and a lot of success. But yeah, I think just. Um, uh, she grew up in that environment too and where her yeah. family supported her dad and then but that was kind of also by more more by force right um they had to move around every four years right um, right uh uh but you know my my wife is uh she's a therapist and um runs her own business and and we definitely share some life vision together about how how we want people to be happy and and I think she knows that this really makes me happy and really makes me passionate um and or or it's something I'm really passionate about so I think that's why she she just supports me so much through it um even though I'm you know I mean uh, you know we had a her and I were just joking um we had a spurt in June where uh I think we had 
of like two weeks we saw each other for like two hours so (laughs) over before i mean because i was working 15 hours you know we had school going on and and the kids still have to lift weights we can't skip weight training and we still had two to three hours of practice and um you know we were doing that and then on top of that right my oldest son had had um baseball and i'm helping him do that when i'm not a football my youngest son had soccer (laughs) and you know we're running all these different places and and um but i think you know that those are the things that we understood that um when hopefully when people get married and and they meet their prospective partners that they have conversations about that um you know here are the thing here, here's how life will look here are the things that i'm passionate about here are the things that i want to do and, and hopefully they're doing right this with each other and they're not doing that right so. right yeah no that's something um like i i get the the, the privilege of talking to a lot of the like, young men that they're about to get married uh, they'll, they'll end up in my office. A lot of times they're, they, they don't come for like counseling or whatever, but they just want to come and talk to somebody about it. They're just like, like super excited and they see me or whatever. And uh, that's something that I always try to, uh, to tell them that, that like, Hey, look, you know, it's, it's fun now. It's probably not going to be fun, you know, not too far into this. So y'all need to like sit down and kind of, you know, develop a kind of a game plan of like, you know, what are we, what, what's that look like? Um, right. And uh, it's super cool that y'all, that y'all, y'all seem to, to have, have it figured, you know, figured out going into it. So that way, whenever those, those two week spans hit there, you know, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world and, um, and everybody's, you know, still kind of in line with the, the family vision and, and going and, you know, in the right direction. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, we had to have that, that was proactive communication, right? Yeah. That was, that, those are the things that we had to talk about before, um we made that lifelong commitment to be with each other so right 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 yeah so um earlier you uh, you talked about you, you quoted uh pete carroll and in, in, in his book um yeah. we're very big readers um like uh bill walsh's uh uh book was like pretty impactful on on a lot of us uh um, yeah you know fourth and down every uh or is it fourth and goal every day um which is about saving it's not by saving it's by like his defensive end whatever the first okay. third of it pretty good then the rest of it's like unless you want to be a, an Alabama football nerd then there's not there's not that much of it for you but uh yeah so like uh who like who are like your coaching heroes that you look at and you're like I want to be like that guy and why um man that's a really good question too um you know I I, I guess it kind of starts I think for me um with the high school baseball coach at Piala who was my high school baseball coach when I played there and he's still the high school baseball coach there, uh, Mark Weiss. Um, and Mark just, um, really attention to detail, really competitive, high level practices. Um, and I, I just learned, um, a lot from him. He, I believe got gets the most out of his players. Um, uh, I, I think, and, and it's really cool now because now he's a colleague of mine right now. Now I go to him and, and talk with him about stuff. Um, so that's kind of the full the full circle moment when it came right. to that. Um, so yeah, it, it starts with him. Um, you know, John Wooden's uh, books have been incredible. Um, uh, Frosty Westering, I don't, I don't know. Are you from this area? No, I'm from Texas. So. Yeah, if you look at Frosty Westering, he was the head coach at PLU. Um, he wrote a, a series of books. I've, I've, I've read, I think, three of them. He might add more. Um, uh, and, and, he, and he believed in some of the stuff um, that I do too, right? That, that coaching is, is, is teaching about life and, and not just necessarily about the tactics of football. So, um, and, and just uh, the best teachers and coaches, I believe, are, are, are con artists in terms of not bad humans, but they, they steal from each other. So like my style, my, you know, I, I just believe like my style is like my own personality, like ripped off with these like tenements of things that I've learned from all these other old and and young coaches as well. Um, and and just some, some really good coaches, but yeah, um, I think Pete Carroll's excellent. I mean, ton of longevity in the NFL. I enjoyed his books. John Wooden's books were a great read. Um, yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, that's uh, it's cool that you bring that up because uh, uh, are you familiar with Cormac McCarthy? Do you know who that is? Uh, I do not. 
Okay, so Cormac McCarthy was uh, like a, a great American novelist. Have you seen the movie like The Road, uh, All the Pretty Horses, No Country for Old Men? Those are all based on his books. Um, he was famous for saying that like there's no such thing as, as an original book. And um, you can go and take like classes at Harvard where they take his books and they break down the passages and you can clearly see that he's read this book, really like this like thing that's happened. And he's pulled it out and put it in here. Like to the point where I think it was Blood Meridian is what won him the Pulitzer, and uh, it's there are scenes in there that is a direct copy almost from like Herman Melville's uh, uh, Moby Dick, like to the where like the dialogue is very similar and everything else like that, and so uh, it kind of you know, pulls this whole concept of like steal like an artist out. There's a there's another book um, that's the title of it, but like the and it gets to that whole thing is that the, the people that are really, really great are, are humble enough to understand that they suck in the beginning and then they can go and they grab things. They're like, this, this works really well. I'm going to you know, emulate that here. And this works really well. And I'll tell you, like, uh, especially in the military, like the guys that I've seen that are really good, um, at, at leading people tactically, especially, you know, um, are people that, are very you know entrenched in reading and are very interested in studying history and then they pull that stuff out and then you know put it to play where they see like the situations evolving they're like oh that's a Gagamel or oh that's a you know Operation Overlord oh that and then and they start to remember what the old guys did and they start to bring that in into play like in the on the field of, of battle it's like much like right. they do, you know Pete Carroll stuff on on the football field yeah yeah no I I mean I and and I feel like that about teaching too to be honest I mean I learn uh I didn't learn as much reading books in college as I did from, you know, watching and working with other teachers and coaches. I mean, it just gives you that, that real world. And then, you know, I just think, and I, I believe, and maybe I'm a moron, but um, you know, I'm just a football coach, but it, it takes some high intellectual skill and high intellectual thinking to take someone from someone and then, and then make it your own. Right. Because yeah. if you if you phony it, especially with teenagers, and I'm sure with soldiers, too, they will eat you up. If yeah, you yeah. take if you take something from someone and it's not yours and you don't own it and it's not authentic and it's not accountable to you and what you believe in and what because I've done that before. Right. And I'm sure any of us that have te- taught or been in a position of leadership have stolen from something from someone and given it a try. And it is a swing and a miss because you don't believe in it and you don't know, you you just don't, you don't do it. Right. It's not yours. Right. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, but I, I, th- I think it takes some ability to like take an idea and then carve it into your own um, style. Yeah. Your own, your own structure, your own thing. Um, but I do believe that's like what my teaching and my coaching style is, is, um, and then it, it is that through like how I'm just trying to connect with my athletes and, and, and with these kids to, to have fun and, and make them realize I'm, I'm human and probably not too dissimilar to them. And, and hopefully that those realizations and relationships will make them want to run through a wall through for myself and, and the coaches and our community. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, look, we're, we're running up on an hour. I, I want to get to like you, you before we get going. You were talking about the the horn run. I've I've never never heard about this, but you said it's modeled after some of the stuff that that we do. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so uh, well, I can even almost kind of give you the evolution of horn sure. run at, at Pialp High School. So um, when uh, when I when I put back in my day, uh, horn <laughs> we had to you had to run to get horns on your helmet. So it's a kind of a a big deal to get your your viking horns right kind of if you think of the minnesota vikings helmet we have the same type of helmet um we had to do horn run to get your horns which is like a physical conditioning test um so back in my day it was really hard um and i'm not saying it's not hard now but it was like uh, you know 12 or 1410 yard sprints and and so many seconds in between and you had to pass them blah 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 um well uh Recently, recently within the last six years, we have a coach on our staff that taught Ranger School, um, you know, um, at Purple Heart, you know, multiple deployments, um, highly organized. He's, you know, obviously retired now and has a civilian job, um, but obviously wants to give and, and um, is, has some skilled um, work that works well with our kids. Well, he kind of started, a, it's more of a community event now. Um, he works with our local, I don't know if it's Washington National Guard or U.S. Army, I think it's National Guard um, recruiting station, 
Um, they get hours, they come, you know, six or eight, 10 of them come in, they, they plan the event, which takes a few hours. They run the event, which takes a few hours. So they get hours of community service to sign off on, and then they come in and run horn run. And what it looks like now is more like a, you know, from my understanding is the army PT test. Um, you know, like I said, back in my day, it was a bunch of running and um, that right. now, now it's like carry in and sled pushes. And I mean, right. um, you know, I think some of the, the military folks would, would get a kick out of it. I mean, kids are like running laps with water jugs and a met, you know, the, the four person gurney and, um, right, right, you know, right. they're, they're, uh, I was actually telling one of our coaches today, my favorite one that they did last year. Um, I believe in the last couple of years, they switched some of your guys's testing requirements yep. to more pushing and carrying, right? Right. So they made this one station and it did not look hard when they demonstrated. It was like a, you know, a 30 yard jog and back and a back pedal and yes. a side, a side shuffle. And then they like had to push a sled and then they had to jog. And then like the second to last one was like kettlebells and they yeah. picked up kettlebells and carried them. And they like turned around and jog and like every kid, the program, like, like straight leg, goofy walking, could you yeah. know that you could just tell their legs were seasoned up on them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and like I said, for us now, it's just more turned to the community event, right? It gets um, Washington National Guard members in touch with our community. We have a recruiter that um, comes to our school. He comes to our work workouts in the weight room and works out with the kids. So it gets that that relationship going um, and yeah. it gets them something that they need to in terms of service hours with the community. Um, and yeah. it, it it relates them to a, you know, an old, old veteran um, that certainly has a spot um, for service members. So and, and all now Horn Run has really just turned into a, a great community event that links Piala football and, and the National Guard and our U.S. Army. That's pretty awesome, man. I, I didn't know that was a that was a thing, but like uh, now you're gonna have to be able to look it up. I'll yeah, tell you the, um, if you want to know, it's it's August fifteenth at three p.m. at Spark Stadium. If uh, yeah, if Heck anyone yeah. anyone wants to come by, like I said, we'll have um, some Army National Guard um, people running it. A bunch of hundred plus football players will be out there running, and sweating, and a few of them will probably lose their cookies. Yeah, I'll drop this uh, the the week before that to help build some awareness there. Yeah, no, that um that's well we call that the event you're talking about um the sprint drag carry and so yes. like yeah it, it it is no joke um so I remember so I took the ACFT that's our our fitness test that 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 event is in and uh, the first time I was I was like I'm gonna just kind of like hold back because I, I haven't I've never taken it all all together. Um, and I know I can do probably more in every single one event, but I'm going to just, just try to test it out this first go around. And so uh, I get through everything. I was like, oh, this is nothing. This is like, this, they, they just made this super easy. And then I got to that event and it about the, I think it was like the third time back, whatever I was doing, I realized that like I had made a horrible mistake. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was pretty bad uh, to the point where um, when I looked at the two mile run, because that's the next event after that, the times were so high. And I was just like, oh, dude, like, I like, I want to max this. And then like, <laughs> I got off the to carry. And I was like, I was so wasted. I was like, yeah. dude, like, I hope I make it, you know, I hope I just passed the thing, you know, it was pretty wild. Yeah, my like I said, kind of my favorite part is is when they describe because it's only like 20, 30 yards, which to especially the skill skinny football players oh, is yeah. not it, it's not very much, right? It doesn't, but it gets annoying because then they have to backpedal it, they have to side shuffle it, and then they got to push something, and and it, it adds up quick. And then like I said, they hit like the kettlebells and their the leg <laughs> sees, and it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I would imagine so, especially if they were really cocky. It's like oh, yeah, oh yeah, you can bite off some of that. <laughs> yep. Uh, there you go. Well, look, man, like we're, we've uh, been on for about an hour, and I'm, it looks like you've been out in the sun all day. So I figured uh, you yeah. probably like, ready to hit the hay. The room I was in, or the room in my wife's office here, is like directly in the sun, and it just went down, and so it's warm uh, in here now. I'm like dying. I'm sweating even. <laughs> right, so. right. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for being on. I like it. It's it super awesome to to have you on. I. I haven't really got to where uh, I enjoy talking to, uh, to you coaches because it's uh, for one y'all are y'all are very similar to us in a lot of ways. Um, it's just like the demographics a little bit different, but like really the the game seems to be be, be very very similar. Like you're just trying to coach and develop people. We're just developing two different skill sets, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it is super interesting. And like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely make sure that uh, people know about the, uh, the, the horn run. I'd like to see some of our guys go out there and do it. That, that may be a, uh, a drill weekend, uh, which that could be really interesting if it, if it is. It'd be, that's, it, it, it's Tuesday, August 15th is going to be. Oh, Tuesday. Day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So either way we get like, we have an armory there in, uh, in Puyallup and tons of soldiers that live there. So I'll definitely let know. All right. Well, uh, Coach Brian Grout, thank you, man. Thanks, Brendan. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, hope all is going well. And and thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to all the service members that are tuning in. Um, I really appreciate you guys and and um, your service. Not something I could do, that's for sure. I, that was something I, I could never do. So I appreciate you guys so much. And um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. And, and hopefully some of what I said resonated with a few of you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah i'm sure there's a there's all kinds of uh, pearls in, in that man for them to take i hope so all right this has been the raven report podcast the official podcast of the 81st striker brigade combat team if you're interested in seeing if you have what it takes to join our team go to our instagram and click the link in the bio click the join link and connect with us